it's okay for you to say no to things that don't align with with who you are as a person, not just as a brand, but as a human being. Hey, I'm Shauna. I'm a business mentor and leadership coach. After years of working with leaders and professionals, the one thing I can say is I do not have all the answers. And guess what? I'm okay with that. This podcast is dedicated to having the conversations with the people who have been where you are or have the expertise that will help you to streamline, simplify, and take the guesswork out of growing and scaling your business. Each week, we will dive into guest interviews, tips, trends, and strategies that will help you to cut through the fluff. So if you are ready to take your business to the next level, stick around. This is the Scale to Grow podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Scale to Grow podcast. In this episode, we are talking about PR with the nine times published author, Katyra Polin. Now, Katyra is a serial entrepreneur. She is a certified editor, a statewide speaker, and the CEO of MWBE Certified Editing Boutique Love for Words. So we touched on quite a number of topics. And one of the topics that's really, really dear to Katara during the conversation that we had was the editing process. As an author, obviously, there are lots of things that she considers when she's going through the editing process. But she also talks about how that fits into the bigger picture when you're looking to build a brand, create your PR, and go out there with your business. And we also touch on the different aspects of mindset that affect you during this process. So she has been recognized in the 2018 Rochester Business Journal, the 40 Under 40, and the Point of Light as an honoree. And within her community, she has founded the Literacy Love Scholarship for high school students in Rochester, New York. So she is super committed to supporting and creating platforms for other Black authors and writers. And she's launched Editor Knows Best and an international podcast for literary creatives. So, Katyra, I am super excited to have you on this episode. So, Thank you. Welcome. So, happy to be here. <laughs> so, tell me a bit about you and what you do. Yes. So, again, my name is Katyra Poland. I am CEO of Love for Words. So, I'm the lead editor. So, I primarily work with other Black authorpreneurs who are entrepreneurs who are also authors. I'm in helping them tell their stories. Um, so I am there to offer guidance, mm-hmm. encouragement, and tough love. So as the editor, um, I give feedback about their manuscript and pose questions so that they think of how the manuscript can be even better. I will also, you know, point out some things that, you know, need to be changed and give suggestions on how to improve as well. So it's really a mixture of revisions, editing, and suggestions and recommendations. So I know sometimes editors get a bad rap of just going in with their red pens and, you know, chopping up your work, but um, that's not in in fact what we do, or that's not what we should be doing, I'll say. Um, So it's really important to make sure that you find an editor that you're comfortable with who, you know, specializes or at the very least has an interest in your genre. Um, And how you do that is, building a relationship and a rapport so you can ask for a sample edit. I highly suggest at the very least a phone call with that editor before you move forward with a contract or any work. 
um, in addition to that sample edit. So again, as the the editor, of course, I you know make revisions and help you with your manuscript. But for me, more importantly, offer that guidance because it can be challenging to um, the path to become a self-published author can be challenging. And I know it's comforting to have someone there who's done it before. I am a published author and someone who supports you. Yeah. (laughs) So that is actually, I I like that you pull in the elements of, it's less about editing out, you know, Mm -hmm. things that are super important to you Mm -hmm. when building the book or whatever you're, you're creating. It's more about how can we make sure that we position you in a way that actually helps you to get exactly. to that. And I like exactly. that it's good that you have that conversation, you set those expectations, and then you kind of, you, you start the relationship good. For sure. Yes. I love yes, that. Absolutely. <laughs> so when you're talking about PR, so, okay. So we, we, we've kind of pulled into what you do mm-hmm. and the fact that you, you're also an author. So you've gone through this mm-hmm. and now, this is a sliver of like PR for a business owner. So how can PR help a business owner to grow their business? Yeah, so PR, public relations, can help with uh, visibility for your business. Mm-hmm. So in today's world, we have amazing technology that connects international people in seconds. Um, people across the state, across the country, across the world can literally be connected in an instant. So there's there's pretty much no limit to who you can connect with, thanks to things like Zoom and other applications that are accessible to you know most people or a lot of people in the world. So that's really the purpose of that public relations is to you know show your brand to the world, and the brand will attract your ideal clients. So it's it's an opportunity for you to showcase you know everything that you've accomplished also showcase who you want to work with. You can showcase your testimonials as proof of, you know, your your quality work or that you are legit. (laughs) Because that's always important to make sure that, you know, you're working with professionals and businesses who are, in fact, legit and they are um, qualified (laughs) to help you with that service or product. So that's another um, way you can utilize public relations. So it's really about I'm getting your name out there, getting your brand out there so that the people you want to connect with and who want to connect with you um, are able to see you because you cannot access someone if you don't know they exist. So PR really is the is the key to getting your business name out there. So uh, with the PR, so a lot of people use public relations and marketing interchangeably which is not necessarily the case. So the marketing really is like you're paying for that exposure. A lot of times that's where the marketing falls in. So you'll pay for a radio ad or a magazine ad or a billboard, um, et cetera. Um, the public relations is really more, less about paying for. And one type of PR is called earned media. Um, so basically like podcasts and blog posts and things like that. So these are platforms that people create And typically they invite people to take advantage of the exposure for free. So again, like a podcast. Now there are podcasts out there that charge, but um, there are lots of podcasts that are free. So that could be a part of your public relations plan, or maybe you decide you want to start a program. So you are maybe meeting with or like hosting a 
well, I wouldn't say hosting a table, but there's different ways that you can get the word out there that doesn't necessarily involve, you know, making a payment or money. So that is where that public relations piece falls. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. And because when while you were talking, one of the things that came up for me was the difference between PR and social media, which is the whole, you know, I posted on Instagram or I have LinkedIn. So I've done my PR work kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's different, right? Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure, for sure. So yeah, so uh, public relations could even be, you know, if you are, if you collaborate with a business who coincides with what you're doing. So I might host a book drive with a local bookstore. Mm-hmm. I w- might wear my shirt while I'm there. And that's one way that I'm promoting my business. So I'm not necessarily, you know, paying to have that event, but I'm there, you know, saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I believe in. This is what I value. This is who I am and what Love for Words represents. Um, So there are many ways that you can take advantage of PR. Um, I, I mentioned like blog posts. So if you are someone who's in the wellness field, you can do a Google search and look for different wellness podcasts and offer to be a guest blogger. So mm-hmm. that typically doesn't cost you anything, but it's another way for exposure. So the people who are visiting this blog will see you and say, oh, well, maybe I'll follow her or maybe I'll reach out to her and have a consultation call. So it's really about innovation too. So, I mean, there are a lot of things that already exist, but there's really no limit to PR. I mean, anything you can think of, you can can come to fruition. So it doesn't have to be limited to what everyone else is doing or what you've already done. You can dream up a PR opportunity um, and don't be afraid to try something new. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and, and yeah, I like that you said it that way, because from what I could hear it, when you think of the PR you know, you compare it to social media, social media becomes a channel and mm-hmm. the PR is uh, kind of the what you need to do to get right. it kind of thing. Yeah, so that's good. So when you got started, what were some of the things you learned about PR in your own business that was a little bit different from kind of like the textbook version of PR? Um, I guess I learned that PR is kind of like Legos. So each of the Legos has their own, they're a Lego in their own right. They have their own elements. But when you have many Legos, you can build something, you know, even more extravagant. So your PR can be, podcast can be one option. Blog posts can be another option. Co-hosting an event with a, a coinciding or, you know, collaborating with another service can be another Lego, so to speak. So... I think when you learn about PR, they they always, you know, it always goes to like being on TV. That is a part of PR, but that's that's pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Advanced PR. Mm-hmm. Uh, most new business owners don't have the opportunity to come out the gate and be on CBS or Good Morning America. Um, sometimes, you know, there's a fluke where that happens, but most business owners build to that stage. So again, they might start with podcasts and then elevate to being on a local news show and then a national news show, an international news show. So I've learned that PR is many pieces and it's not just TV. Um, and furthermore, not 
all business owners aspire to be on TV. Some people would prefer, you know, a podcast or something um, more, I guess, lower level. I don't know how to say that more positively, but they would prefer something that's not as advanced as like being on television necessarily. So that's what I've learned that PR is many pieces or it can be many pieces in that, you know, just because TV is presented as the end all be all doesn't mean that's the best fit for you. And it's okay if you don't make it to that or you don't want that for your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that because I think it's good to do the differentiator because PR goes in different layers. And, you know, when you think of the compounding effect, to your point, the legal reference, I think that that's a really great way of kind of showing that you're going to have to start somewhere. Right. Well, do you kind of build different structures and, you know, you can always pull it apart and right. different ways if you need mm-hmm. So I like that. I like that. All right. <laughs> so you, you've been doing this for some time. So you've worked with the city and you've worked with small businesses. Mm-hmm. So as someone who's published a book, couple of books, I guess, at this point, mm-hmm. you hear some of like the practical steps that someone will take to publish their first book. Yes. So the first step, of course, is to (laughs) write the book. Um, Sometimes, you know, people have writer's block and things like that. As a response to that, I would just encourage you to write anyway. Um, The first draft is not the best draft. So but you can't get to your final draft until you have your first draft. Mm -hmm. So it's okay um, if you don't like your first draft. Um, As a matter of fact, I I just wrote an essay for a contest I'm entering and I didn't like the first draft. <laughs> so um, you are not alone in that. Even editors and, you know, published authors, we sometimes don't like our work either. But um, it's more so about getting started and continuing so that you get to the finish line. So just write anyway. And also remember, you don't I mean, you don't have to show that right away. I mean, you can write the first draft and then rewrite it and rewrite it. And then when you're ready for a second pair of eyes, you can present it. So if you're worried about like somebody judging you, I mean, you don't have to give them the very rough draft. You can, you know, make it better before you let other people see it. So if that, you know, don't let that deter you. So the first thing is to write. Um, The second part of that is getting feedback on your writing. So now if you're writing in your journal and no one's going to see that, you don't necessarily, you know, you wouldn't have anybody else looking at that. You don't need to worry about review or critique and revision and feedback. Um, but if you're looking to be a published author, then I would highly recommend you work with an editor. Um, there are levels and stages to editing I won't dive into, but um, typically the first step is for someone to help you with the big picture. So that's known as developmental editing. That's my specialty. So they'll help you like fill in plot holes, make sure you don't have redundancies. Um, Did you spell the character's name the same way throughout the book? Um, Things like that. Um, And then you will move to somebody who's going to look at your sentences and, you know, grammar and spelling and things like that. And then the last stage is the proofreading. So the most important part I would say is Um, having the second set of eyes or even the third set of eyes to look at your work. Um, When you're writing your work, you often miss things because you think what's up here is going on the paper. And that's not always the case. So I will highly encourage you to have someone take a look at it, preferably somebody who's an editor or, you know, has a strong handle of whatever language you're writing in. 
um, not necessarily your your best friend. Um, I mean, you could have your best friend maybe do the beta read, which is basically having somebody in your target market look at the book and give you their feedback about it. But in regards to editing, you need to hire a professional. And again, you should be asking for a sample edit for proof testimonials and at the very least having a conversation or a Zoom with them before you move forward. So that's the most important part is um, acknowledging that you need to have somebody look at the work before it's published because um, you don't want to publish it and then have to backtrack and republish and, you know, take it down off your website and things like that because you rushed through it and didn't get the help that you, that you needed. So yeah, once the editing is done and they, they that proofread, that final stage, the proofread is done, you know, you can connect with other people you may need. So some people come in with a book cover already. So you might need to look for a book, you know, a book cover designer. You might need somebody to do the formatting, things like that. So there are what's known as hybrid publishers. So after you finish that editing piece, you'd work with a hybrid publisher or I'll just talk about hybrid publishers. That's what I'm familiar with. And that's what I work with. So basically it's a publisher who will take care of the copyright for the book, the ISBN, the formatting. Well, most of them do the formatting as well. So they'll take care of that piece for you, get it up on Amazon or whichever platform you're choosing to sell your book. But the, the bonus with working with a hybrid publisher is that you don't have to share your royalties. So um, if you're going the self-published route, I recommend a hybrid publisher because then you don't have to worry about, you know, giving them a, per a percentage of your book sales. Um, but they will do the back end work that you need before it's before it's published. So um, that's the that's the final stage is working with that publisher and they get that up for you. So one of the things that comes up a lot with authors is book sales. So for those of you who you know, are planning to go the self-published route, I would encourage you to start promoting the book even before it is ready. So that's known as a pre-launch. So you can start talking about your book, you know, snippets about your book, going on podcasts to talk about your book, writing about your book, social media, things like that, even before it's available or before it's completed. Um, again, and that's known as a pre-launch. And a lot of authors, self-published authors go that route. So by the time the book is out, you have gotten revenue from the book and you can use that revenue to continue the process of getting your book published um, instead of waiting until it's done and then promoting. I will highly encourage that. Um, I will say the self-publishing route can become expensive. You'll be hiring your own editor, your own publisher, book designer, illustrator. So it, it can be costly, especially if you're looking to publish a quality book. So you you may have to pace yourself you may have to save and, you know, do it in, in steps and, you know, you might not be able to do everything at once, depending on what your budget is, but it can be done. And there are people to help you with that. You know, there are book publicists, so you might want to hire somebody to do the PR for your book. So there are lots of options to help you get your book, your self-published book done. So um, don't be deterred by that. You know, you can connect with other people. So, yeah, that's just a, a quick overview of the self-publishing <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I was I was listening to you and I was thinking to myself oh my god like do I want to do a book right now because <laughs> it seems like there's so many layers to it because yeah. the first step is obviously you got to come up with the idea and then write mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. you got to go through the editing process mm -hmm. and there's layers to that editing mm -hmm. yep <laughs> 
you're done with the edit in process or maybe in parallel, I'm not sure, you would tap into the design phase of it. You could. Yeah, it depends if, you know, it, some people do it in different orders. Some people, you know, like if you are um, a graphic designer, you might draw the book cover before you even finish writing it. So it just depends on the author. But yeah, that could be a, a sequence. So, yep, you could go to that and then, you know, move on to the publisher. I'm the publisher. And mm-hmm. the publisher, there's layers to the publishing that I didn't even know. So there's a ton of that that I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And then it would kickstart kind of your marketing slash uh, um, sales process mm-hmm. once everything's all rolled out. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so applying that lens to it and just kind of thinking about some of the questions that you would be, you should be prepared to answer mm-hmm. from like a PR perspective. Like if you were going to do a book or you were just going to promote your business, what mm-hmm. are like, maybe like off the top of your head, like three top questions that people would need to kind of have top of mind, tip of their tongue kind of thing when they're kind of starting that PR journey. Yeah, I would say, uh, what is your why or your reason? Mm-hmm. Um, people don't care until they know, you know, who you are or what you're about. So you have to be able to speak about what motivated you to start your business or write your book. Basically, you have to have a hook to pull people in. So you don't want to stumble over that. You don't want to seem unsure um, or you don't want to you don't want people to perceive that you haven't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Um that you're just starting the business, but you don't have a reason. So it's very important to identify why you're starting the business or writing your book or starting your program. Whatever you're doing the PR for, you you need to have a why and be able to speak that clearly. Um, Second, I would say, who is it for? So again, um, if you are, you know, um, selling, I don't know, if you're selling high heel shoes, you're not going to go to the football team to try to sell those shoes. So you need to make sure you know who your who your target market is. Who are you writing for? Who are you editing for? Who are you styling for? So again, being able to say that clearly and you know show that you have thought that out that is something that's important to you. I mean, if you know once you'll know when something is a fit for you because you'll speak about it passionately. It won't be something you have to practice. It will come natural because it's a a part of who you are and that will, you know, shine and people will, that's what attracts people, that that passion um, that you have. So I would say uh, making sure you know who it's for as well. Um, and then third, I would say, you know, with PR, there is an expectation for you to also share personal elements. So yes, you're, the spotlight will be your business, but again, people will want to know who's behind the business. So being comfortable with Obviously, you're not going to share everything, but you may need to be vulnerable in some spaces for people, for buy-in from people. Um, so practicing, you know, what what are you going to be comfortable sharing um, that is still authentic, but not doesn't feel violating to you. Like, oh, you know, if I talk about this, I'm going to, you know, be triggered or something like that. So being able to share personal, you know, with a comfort, but also still being authentic yes yeah yes 100% agree and I'm I'm glad that you talked about the why because I do have one question about kind of what motivated you to write your August love August and what has changed since writing that 
Oh yeah. Yeah. So the Dear August Love August is um it's poems written about things that I have witnessed or experienced or lived. Um, and it's kind of like a letter to myself. So um the Dear August, my my birth month is August, and then love is actually my uh maternal surname. So the Dear August is like a you know, the beginning of a letter to me. Then you have the poems and then the love August is like you know, how you, what is that? The salutation for closing the letter. I think that's what it's called. Um, so it was just a personal documentation of things that have influenced me, impacted me. Um, I have a poem in there um, called Mocha Chocolate, which is actually another business that I have. But it's really an ode to dark-skinned women and girls who are is unfortunately so often told that, you know, their beauty is not acceptable or that, it's not as beautiful as. So I really just wrote that poem to encourage myself, but, you know, other girls and women who experienced that in the past and still experience that now. And, you know, for the girls who who may come up against that in the future, just to say, you know, that we are beautiful and that, you know, we're, we're here to stay and that, you know, um, just, just because that's what society says doesn't mean it's right. So, you know, I have that poem and then I have, you know, other poems about, I have a poem specifically about domestic violence. It's something that, you know, um, I grew up in a household with it. So that poem, you know, was again, personal to me. So a lot of those poems in there are things that I've either witnessed or experienced myself. And it was really an outlet. It was very therapeutic to be able to write about it and um, be comfortable with talking about it uh, without feeling guilty as well. Um, not feeling like I couldn't say it because I didn't want to offend certain people in my life. So, but at the end of the day, even if they, you know, other people are offended, I still have the right to tell my story, mm -hmm. um, especially since it is so healing. You know, I don't want to hold on to that, that resentment because that comes out as an illness and people should realize like stress is really the cause of so many illnesses you know when you're ill it means that something's wrong in your body and it's a response to the stress that you have inside of your body um, which often comes from trauma and if you bottle that in you you will have literal illness you know and whatever i mean whatever aspect it could be emotional mental physical psychological um so it's important to find productive ways and healthy ways to release that trauma and stress and resentment, or you will beat up your demise quite literally. So uh, for all of you who are holding on to that um, resentment and shame or, or trauma, I encourage you to find a, a healthy and productive way to release that so that you can live a healthy, a healthy life in a, in a good place. Yes. Yes. The combination of the self-love, the ability to recognize when, what the symptoms of the bigger problems are, mm -hmm. and also being able to find the outlets, the relief mm -hmm. that's going to help you to heal, to grow, yeah. and to become the next level for yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and that's one of the, the things that I really wanted to understand a little bit more about the Dear August, Love August, because I thought that was, I've written poetry. Mm -hmm. In another life, I haven't done it recently, haven't done it for a couple of years, but have books of memoirs. <laughs> it's also a sense of release. And uh, mm -hmm. 
totally understand where you're going with that and can relate a hundred thousand percent. And that, and, and this is where I would want to understand or kind of get your take on the mindset piece when it comes to business owners and just doing PR. Cause I, I think that, uh, you know, just kind of tagging on to what you said earlier and just kind of moving into this kind of question, like, why do you think it's important for business owners to have the right mindset when they're about to do PR? Yeah, um, I would say it's important because you will attract what you are put out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have a PR opportunity, but you are frazzled, you haven't prepared for potential questions, or you lack confidence, that will come through. And those are the types of clients who will connect with you. Um, You will get clients who, you know, lack confidence or they're frazzled. And um, it's important when you do have PR opportunities to be poised and make sure that you're presenting yourself accurately. Um, You don't want to present, you know, an image or a persona or character that is not that is not authentic to who you are. And I think some people get caught in pretending, you know, they're going to pretend that they are X, Y, Z, and then you attract those clients and you're exhausted because you're not operating in your authentic self. You're acting and you don't want to do that. You know, when you run your business, you want to, you know, part of the reason why so many people go into business is that creative freedom, you know, being able to choose, you know, who you want to work with in your hours and your location and your pricing. So I would encourage you to take advantage of that when you're an entrepreneur and be honest, you know, and also be prepared. You know, again, you don't want to present that you're not prepared because, clients will, you know, have doubts about how well you can serve them or how good your products are. So it's important for you to present that you are prepared, that you're ready, uh, that you're confident, um, and that you are knowledgeable. So Mm -hmm. those are important elements to have a good handle on before you start to take advantage of of, uh, public relations opportunities. A hundred percent. So in the vein of preparation, how do you know when you're ready? How do you know when you're ready for PR? Yeah. um, I mean, there's no exact answer to that. So we are all different. So my PR plan will look different from yours. So for example, if you're an introvert, podcast may be the only thing you want to do. (laughs) It's a one-on-one conversation. There's nobody watching you or there's no group watching you. Um, it's not you interacting with a large group or yeah, with, with a group of people. It's one-on-one, which most introverts do prefer. So it's really about your comfort level when it comes to PR. Now, I will encourage you to step outside of your comfort zone and just give it a try and see because you never know. You know, maybe being a presenter at a conference brings you more clients than doing 20 podcasts. You know, you'll be able to reach more people in less time. So I wouldn't say completely shut out something that makes you uncomfortable, but it is important to find what you like because if you like it, you know, it, again, it will come naturally to you and it's something that, you know, you'll want to repeat. So you should definitely include the PR opportunities that feel good to you. 
Um, so it really just depends on the person. If you're an extrovert, then you probably want to be a presenter at large conferences, maybe once a month or whatever. So it's really up to the individual. I wouldn't say there's ever a time that you're ready. I mean, you won't be ready unless you do it. So if you've never done a podcast, you're not going to be ready until you do it. Um, so there's no wait time, ideal wait time. So just get it out of the way. Um, and I mean, you can do things again individually before you make it to the podcast. So, you know, you might want to record yourself in Zoom, watch it back and then say, hey, Shauna, I would love to be on your podcast. You know, so at that point, you've already recorded, you've seen yourself, you've heard yourself. So it should be easier for you to hop on podcast. Um, and then, you know, if you're presenting at a conference or doing a workshop, you can practice that beforehand. So there's no set time, but there are things that you can do to feel better and be more prepared um, than not doing anything at all. Yeah, I I, I agree. Because uh, to your point, for me, I got dared into doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. <laughs> but it wasn't something that I was 100% comfortable doing, but yeah. learn how to get more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And over time, to exactly what you said, like it, you know, the repetition, right, a bit more comfortable each each episode, right. And thank God for editing. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you you can definitely snip, snap, whatever you need to out yep. of you know something doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So. I like that you you say, you know, there should be some stretch goals in there. So not just stick into the line that feels the most comfortable because it might not be the line that gives you the most ROI. Mm-hmm. Actually, if mm-hmm. you get, you know, bring in clients, your clients right. be on podcasts. They mm-hmm. might be passerbys of podcasts, but they right. convert as quickly on a podcast. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I, I totally 100% with you on that one. So, You've been doing this now. How long have you been doing this? That's I started editing in 2017. Oh my gosh! So yes, yes, you've been you've been at this for some time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, what have been some of like your biggest successes so far? Yeah, I would say um, it's always a blessing to be able to go to the book signings for my clients. Um, when they've gotten to that final stage and are able to present it to the world and their friends and family, um, I always, I'm always happy, you know, to attend when I'm able to. And I definitely see that as a success. The other thing that is new is that I officially onboarded my first intern. So that is a success for me. She's also a Black woman. Um, so that has been very rewarding to be able to um, help the next generation of Black female editors to be able to pass the torch because I won't be doing this forever. So that was very heartwarming for me. And it was even more special because she reached out to me. Um, I didn't have, in, you know, having an intern on my radar, like that wasn't a part of my my goals, at least not at this point. So it was off guard, you know, to get an email from someone I never met asking if she could intern with me. And she graduated from my alma mater, University of Albany. And she said that she'd been following me for a few years. So 
just to know that there are people who, you know, are inspired by what I'm doing is amazing. And I'm sure that there are more people who do follow my journey. So I would say that's been most rewarding to be able to pay it forward. Because when I became an editor, I didn't have that. So to be able to mentor someone, specifically another, you know, Black female editor has just been very, um, it's been an honor to be able to do that. Yeah. And for those of you listening, if I know I didn't uh, add this into the intro, but she's actually like in terms of the community, she's been an active supporter in the community and been creating platforms for Black authors and writers. And she launched uh, the Editor Knows Best. And she also has an international podcast for literary creatives. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's been helping the Black community for some time now. So I just wanted to put that out there. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know, she's been doing this for some time in terms of her business, but have been supporting the community for even longer. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Hear that. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yes. So I wanted to ask, what made you start your business? Like what motivated you to start your business? Yeah. So I wanted to be, I want to be a part of closing the gap between uh, Black authors and Black editors. So um, I've heard, you know, horror stories from clients who've worked with uh, white editors who, you know, they, they don't understand the culture. They don't appreciate the culture. They don't value the culture. So instead of that editor giving a critique of the manuscript, the editor is judging the author. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to be a part of making sure that our stories are told um, the way they should be, that our stories are told with respect and love and value, Mm -hmm. that our words are not going to be changed because, you know, an editor across the color line or the race line doesn't know what that means or they don't care what it means. So as a Black editor, I have a responsibility of maintaining our voices um, and making sure that I'm not changing something just because it's not the way I would say it or because it's not accepted by society. So if my client is using African-American vernacular, that's not a cue for me to change it. That's maybe the language that the characters speak in. That may be the language of their life. Because a lot of the clients I work with, um, you know, they're working on their memoirs. Mm -hmm. So I can't go in there and just change it to standard English. Um, So being a Black woman, being a part of the culture, being someone who, you know, respects and loves and cherishes the culture, I'm always sensitive to that. And unfortunately, other editors are not. So I decided to start my business to make sure that we have that available and that Black authors know that there are Black editors here for them so that the last thing they're worried about is being judged because of how they've written their book or what they've written in their book. So that's what I'm here for. Yeah, so I like that. And this is where I think the authenticity and the the diversity is so important at the end of the day, because to your point, like how I speak is going to be different from how you speak, mm-hmm. because we all have different lived experiences. Right. So we're going to show up in different ways. Yeah. 
that's okay. So it's just a matter of how do you honor each other by making sure that you don't, it doesn't get lost in the sauce because we're trying to be correct. Right, right. <laughs> so someone who's listening right now, and we're talking about, uh, and just kind of pulling it back into the PR conversation, someone mm-hmm. who's listening and thinking about applying, you know, PR to their business or just even to start launching a book. Mm-hmm. What do you think, what are three tips that you can share with that, with the audience right now on kind of how they can use PR in their business or how they can use it to grow their business or how they can use it to become a better personal brand? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, PR can be used to build authority. So if, you know, you're an editor, you can build authority by hosting a webinar mm-hmm. or hosting an in-person workshop to teach other people you know, the basics of starting an editing career, um, what's important to becoming an editor or what editing is. Uh, Maybe you walk them through a one-on-one of the different types of editing. So in an instructor role or a teaching role, you're building authority. So that's one way you can use your PR. Um, The second is to, is also, you know, just building out your brand. So, you know, being selective about your PR. That may even mean declining opportunities to collaborate with friends and family who don't align with what your business uh, stands for. So it might be tough to do that. But, you know, if you're serious about your brand, you will have to be selective about who you're with and what they're doing. And not just when you're around, when they're when you're not around. So if you've collaborated with this brand and they have a, you know, a reputation for, burning their clients and you host an event with them every month or every year, there's residual there. People might look at your business differently. So yeah. So the second one I would say is being selective about, you know, what your PR is and what image and reputation you want out there about your business. Um, And I would say, uh, lastly, I would say, again, going back to authenticity. So if it's not something you believe in, then it's not something you should be promoting. If it's not something you're comfortable with, you probably don't want to promote it. So, you know, with marijuana or weed being legal now, you know, I know lots of people who partake in that. That's not something I do. So I've had friends invite me to events that, you know, have that element, but it's not something I'm into. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to force myself to go in the space just because, you know, other people around me, you know, participate in that or support that. So it's okay for you to say no to things that don't align with with who you are as a person, not just as a brand, but as a human being. Does this feel good to your soul or does this agitate your soul? Like, how do you feel, you know, when you say and do these things and are they, you know, are these things conducive to who you are as a person? So lastly, I would definitely say, Uh, making sure you're making choices that feel good to you and that align with who you are as a person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what is next for you and uh, love for words and all the things that you're doing? Cause you you seem like you're, you're busy uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because speaking, you're you're doing all these different, different pockets of things. Mm -hmm. What is next for you? Yeah, so I'm actually working on my second book of poetry. I don't have a title yet, but um, I have maybe like two dozen poems. 
So I'm, you know, moving closer to that. So that, I don't know, probably by next year, I'll have a new one out. So I'm excited about that. And actually, I will be onboarding my second intern in the fall, in October. Um, and again, this is a repeat of the first. She actually reached out to me. So to go from no interns to two interns and, you know, in the span of a few months, again, has been very amazing and, and humbling for me. So I'm excited to onboard another intern. And on the personal side, I will be traveling to South Africa with a travel group um, at the at the end of the year. So I'm really excited about that. You know, I haven't traveled that far before, so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> wow, that sounds like it's going to be the trip. Like, yes. is it uh, work related or just for? No, just for pleasure. It's a with a travel group that's based here in Rochester, and she, you know, she's been doing this for quite some time. So you take out groups of, you know, groups of people, and they set up the itinerary for you and all that good stuff. So I'm excited. <laughs> like lots of fun all right mm -hmm. so where can people find you to learn more about you learn more about love for words or the books that you've done where can people find you yeah so you can visit my website it's loveforwords.com that's love the number four words.com you can follow me on instagram hashtag at poland llc same hashtag for twitter at poland llc you can find me on linkedin I'm the only Katyra Poland on LinkedIn, so you can't get that one wrong. And yes, that's where you can find me. You can also tune in to my podcast, Editor Knows Best. Um, you can find that on Spotify, I, I believe Google. So pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find Editor Knows Best. So those are some of the ways that you can keep in touch with me. Sounds good. So Katyra, I am so happy that you said <laughs> yes to being on the podcast. And we got so many good nuggets. and so happy that we could share it with our listeners so thank you again for being here you're welcome and thank you it was my pleasure i, I enjoyed uh, speaking with you and you know being able to share with the audience so thank you so much for having me shauna absolutely anytime and with that guys check her out um uh, before she goes on her south africa trip because you know she, <laughs> she's not gonna answer no phones no right <laughs> but all right guys thanks again Thank you for listening to the Scale to Grow podcast. To work with us or access free resources, head over to www.concaveservices.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. See you on the next episode.